I am Fier, a vocalist of Foscor. Uh, we are from Barcelona, Catalonia, in Spain. Uh, we are here in uh, Brutally Delicious, uh, chatting uh, a little bit about our new album and having a great time with these two gentlemen. Uh, well, it's a pleasure to me to be, to be sharing that time with you guys. Okay, we're on. All right, so good morning. Anyway, I went to uh, class last night taking an exam in philosophy. Well, it's actually a quiz or whatever. And the guy, you know, 10 questions, multiple choice, you know, multiple choice questions are everybody here is you get four questions. Oh yeah. One yeah. of them is the right answer. So he does the whole thing, passes them in and then he goes over it and he gets to the first question and the kid goes, some kid raises his hand. And he said, well, I would have picked that right answer, except you had three wrong ones there and they were kind of tricky. So I said, what? And the kids and the guy's like, well, that's what tests are. You have to pick the one that's correct from doing the reading and your homework. And the guy's like, well, I would have picked that one if there weren't those other ones that were, you know, could have been possibilities. And he was arguing. <laughs> he was arguing that it was tricky because there was four answers to choose from and only one of them was right. But lots of them were similar. And not even. I mean, one of them was sort of similar. Yeah. The other ones were not even close. Yeah, I did that all the time as a teacher. I made I made one right answer, but the other ones were similar because yeah, this kid was like having a fit about it. Oh, I I've I've had students like this. <laughs> and you know it's funny. Uh, have you ever read the book The 4-Hour Workweek? Mm-mm. So he had a theory if you're a student and you want to get really good marks, the best way to do that is when you get your test back, book private time with your teacher. Or in class, argue with the teacher a lot about why it's the wrong answer. Because then the teacher just gets sick of you and they just mark you more leniently. Nice. Yeah. Maybe that was, maybe he read that book because I swear to God, 10 minutes went by. This kid was like trying to defend why he got the wrong answer because he didn't understand why there should be three others that could have been close. And only one was right. I'm going to guess this kid was in his <laughs> 20s. <laughs> Dude, I feel pretty old in this class. This one's like, there's a couple kids my age, one guy who knows everything about everything. He's probably, you know, in his late 40s. Yeah. He, he's a knucklehead, too. He knows everything. I mean, it doesn't matter what the topic is. He's been there, done it. And then there's a lot of these kids that, you know, come in late, leave halfway through, smelling, answer their phones in class. It's great. Smelling like weed. Oh yeah, well, it's, it's 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 really fucked up. But I thought you get a kick out of it because I just looked at this kid while he was arguing his point. I'm going, I would just throw him out of the class if I was a professor. I couldn't do it. Oh yeah, yeah. No, you have to deal with that shit as a teacher. I taught for a long time, and I've seen some crazy stuff. <laughs> My God, what are we teaching these kids? Like, uh, it's a multiple choice, but we're only going to give you one answer, and that's going to be the right one. That's what a multiple choice is. <laughs> all four answers are correct i'm gonna hold your hand and say you're smart okay thank you i was just i mean i guess i should have known that but i was completely blown away by it and i figured i jotted it down i figured we'd talk about it today because that was pretty funny oh man i had this student one time who shall remain nameless but anyways i'm, I'm teaching this class and i've had a few problems with him like he's always late and in vancouver like weed is 
at the time, even though it was illegal in Canada, it was illegal in Vancouver. Right. So kids would just like, they would come in with huge bags of weed in their backpack and the mm-hmm. class would just reek, you know, which I mean, whatever. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> right. You know, I got no problem with the grass, but you know, is school really the right place for it? I don't know. But then, um, so anyways, he comes in like this a lot. And one day he comes in and he just lays his head on the desk and he's snoring. He's sleeping. Snoring. <laughs> so I walk over and I'm standing right behind him and I'm still teaching and all the classes looking at me and I grab this book and I'm just like standing there da, 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 teaching. And then I just stop for like three seconds and the whole class is just staring at me like, what's the silence for? And I take the book and I just slam it on the desk beside this kid. <laughs> and he's like, fuck, man, what the fuck? What are you fucking doing? Fuck off, oh, fuck you, man, fuck this. And I was like, dude, you're sleeping in my class and snoring. <laughs> you're interrupting my class. You don't have to be such a dick about it. I'm tired. I was like, <laughs> I was like, dude. He's like, I was up all night. I was like, that's really not my problem, nor is it the problem of anyone else here. That's your problem. So, anyways, I tell the the my boss about it, like, because you know the hierarchy of the school. You know, I had the department head, so I tell him about. He's like, okay, well, if it happens again, you know, let me know. I was just like, fuck, that's it. So, anyways, he comes in again. Like, he skips the next class, comes in a few days later. And he's fucking sleeping again. (laughs) So I asked the whole class to leave. So the whole class got up and left. And I fucking turned on the uh, frequency, like odd harmonic frequency, which is like piercing to the ears. Mm -hmm. I put earplugs in and I fucking cranked the speakers up. (laughs) Put earplugs in and hit play on this tone. This kid wakes up. He's like, "What the fuck? Where is everyone? What's going on? Oh my god! Did I miss class?" I was like, "Get the fuck out of my class. You're out. See you later. Go talk to go talk to the department head. I'm not dealing with you. Why? I'm here. I paid my tuition. Yada yada yada. I don't care." Then I asked the rest of the class to come in, and I was like, "I'm going to use this as a way to explain." Um, odd harmonic structures and how they're really grating on the nerves. <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> nice. Like, oh my god, man! Oh, That's great. Fuck students, man. Very good. Stuff. I, I can't I've, believe I've it. had was... students rolling joints in the back of class. Really? Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and they, they think I don't know. Like, dude, I was a freaking musician for like. Right. You know, a touring musician for freaking years. If you don't think right. I know what's going on. You're so wrong. That's so funny. And I don't understand, like, because, I mean, in Canada, you're still paying for school anyway, right? Uh, it's not like you pay here. Oh, it's not. But you're still paying something. So, I mean, you're still paying money to go. Yeah, yeah. The average tuition at the university in Canada is like eight grand. Gotcha. Yeah. So, it's pretty so, small. So, I work for the university police here in my in my regular job. Yeah. And we dispatch all the time. And so now school has just started and you wouldn't believe the kids blowing their scholarships. Like they're full scholarships in the dorms and then they're packing bowls, like in their dorm room, like they're not going to get caught. (laughs) And there's like, at least I think six people in the last two weeks, they just throw them right out of the dorms. 
Really? Yeah, there's no no second chance. You're you fire up in the dorm room. Yeah, that's what I was wondering because like down here, weed is like heroin. It's like you're going yeah. to jail. So you yep. know, it, unless you're in D.C., which is not far from here, but but like in Virginia, it's like it's a serious freaking offense, man. <laughs> like you can't have that. So, no, but these kids, these kids with mom and dads, you know, I got scholarships. I got mom and dad's money. They get thrown out before classes even start. Like they have that week of adjusting, and the first day they're like, "Hey, I got an idea." <laughs> <laughs> I know what I'm going to do with eighty thousand dollars worth of free money. Let's smoke gonna, weed in the dorm. <laughs> yeah, the hall smell. People start calling all over the place. Like, "Hey, somebody!" And how are you going to get away with it? They go right to the floor, right to the door, and it's like you know, it's Cheech and Chong coming out the bottom of the door. <laughs> The kid hasn't even stepped foot in the classroom yet, and he's lost his scholarship. Pretty yeah. awesome. Are the university police a little bit more lenient? Like, they just take the scholarship, they don't throw him in jail? Uh, well, so the, the laws are a little, I guess, a little bit fuzzy. If it's a certain amount, they kind of just write him a ticket, mm. you know, to go appear in court, and I think they just get, like, a fine or something. Mm. But the university itself has a zero tolerance. Okay, if you're cool. caught... If you're caught smoking or doing any of that stuff, you're out. Underage drinking in the in their dorms, they don't fuck around. They're like, "See ya." That's There's good. no second chance. That's good. Yeah, but kids don't get it. I guess they're you know like this kid here. I don't know what a multiple choice is. You didn't just give me the right answer. It doesn't matter if I'm going to burn one. You need to give me another chance or whatever. Well, the thing is, I think the public system, and this is true in Canada as well, they're raising pussies. Yeah, you know? like terrible. It's like I understand like you have to you have to give kids leeway if they have learning disabilities or maybe they have some behavioral issues and you have to take the psychology into account for it. But if something's wrong, it's wrong. Right. There's no like like you can't give someone 50% on a test if they didn't answer a question. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what's going on right now, you know? So well, I hate to keep talking to, yeah, I hate to keep talking about my job, but <clears throat> I get those calls at the police station, parents call and say, hey, something's not right. You know, my kid's not doing, he didn't do well on this test. He should have done. What are you calling the police for that crap for? (laughs) You need to go arrest that professor. (laughs) Call him in. My kid, all he did was light up a blunt with him and his five friends in his dorm room. (laughs) It's absolute insanity, dude. I sit there and go, what in the world? How did we get here? Yeah, no, it's pretty, there's a, I agree with a lot of the educational stuff that's going on. Like, like I said, like behavioral stuff, and mm-hmm. learning disabilities, sure. but you can't send someone from that system into a world that's exactly the opposite. Right. Right. Like you get into university, the professor doesn't give a fuck about you. You're no, there. Even if you come to class, right. He doesn't give a fuck. You know, if you're not there, you're not there. You paid. Right. And if you are there and you're not doing well, well, whatever. That's your problem. He's got 600 right. other students he's teaching. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yep. <laughs> and then when so, you get a job, your boss isn't going to be like, oh, you know, we really have a zero tolerance policy with weed in the <laughs> office. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> this is your first warning, though. <laughs> right. You can't smoke in your cubicle. <laughs> People crack me up. Okay, so, before we get started, I have one more question. Yeah. And it's because I did this the other day and I got the strangest look and I was like, what the fuck did I do wrong? 
So I went, I was at a gas station. I said, oh, where's the bathroom? And the guy looked at me like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I was like, uh, the washroom. Uh, and he's just looking at me. So what, what do they call it in the U.S.? A restroom? I call it the restroom. I okay. don't know. Okay. I'll call it a restroom. <laughs> this is it, It's like the second time it's happened to me where I've said a Canadian word like that, like what we would call it, and they, I just get this stare. <laughs> like, but, I mean, they're sort of connected, and they should have connected the dots. Well, that's right? what I was thinking. <laughs> he might have been one of those guys that was burning in his dorm rooms and didn't finish school. <laughs> He's like, uh, uh, one second here, man. Uh. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. So it's Foscor, I guess that's how you pronounce it. They're yeah. From, they're from Catalonia. Where the hell is that? Italy? <laughs> or is Catalonia? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm an idiot. <laughs> I'm the guy burning blunts in the back of the room. <laughs> One second, dude. I'm just going to look up <laughs> it, where it is. Italy sounds right. Catalonia is an autonomous community in northeastern corner of Spain. Okay, cool. Have you listened to this band? Yeah, I like it. It was, I wasn't ready. I like, I just, right before we got on, I started playing the first track on their band camp. And I was like, what is this atmospheric thrash metal going on? It was like sort of moody and yeah, I like it a lot. Yeah, I was shocked. I didn't understand the words because it's obviously not in English, but um, it was Music is the universal language though, right? Absolutely. All right, let's see if I can get him on. Joan is his name and here we go. And hey, Bruce. Oh, hey. hey. Sorry. How are you? Sorry for being late. Uh, no, I no, you're good. How are you? Fine, fine. Well, I was in the office uh, taking care of some some problems at the uh, last minute. and well, No explanation necessary, man. Meet my partner, Chris. How you doing, man? Hi, Chris. Uh, are you are you watching me or, or seeing me or not? We don't see you, no. I wait. Don't see you. Wait. <laughs> we will wait. Now? Now I got you. Hey, how, how are you, doing, man? man? <laughs> fine, fine. Let me get out the jacket. Well, you're over in Spain, right? Yeah, in Barcelona, Catalonia, Spain. <laughs> <laughs> our, our geography is really messed up. We had to actually look up where Catalonia was a little bit ago. So forgive us. Typical. Yeah, you, you know, you know how how we have been dealing with some troubles the last two years, uh, and yeah, well, we are keeping there. <laughs> <laughs> cool, man. Everything going well? Yeah, everything was fine. Uh, I have just returned from a from a, my vacations time in New York. I was for for one week and a half, and uh, well, this week I have started again on the, the the daily job and dealing with everything again. So, but yeah, but then, I know. Yep. the daily job sucks. I got to do that too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I actually I can't say that I do, but I kind of do. <laughs> I'm, I'm a kept okay. man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. We won't keep you too long. Let's uh, let's talk about your your new record. Uh, okay. That's getting ready to come out here in 2019, right? Yeah. And now that it's complete and you're, you've had a little bit of chance to sit with it, how do you feel about it? And are you satisfied with the outcome? Um, well, it's a thrilling moment for us. Uh, the new album should uh, confirm what we started in 2017 uh, with Les Reals Visions, which was the first album for Season of Mist. And let's say that this album is like, uh, yeah, well, the confirmation of 
all the tools we we started uh, using and and concreting at that time. Um, every as a part of a trilogy, uh, it makes sense in a in a in a whole uh, effort and, and an act that we. Uh, good concrete by deciding to use some tools uh, in 2016 before uh, singing with, with Season of Mist. We are speaking in terms of a, of a lyrical concept, uh, the use of clean vocals and the use of only Catalan li- uh, vocals, uh, the, right. sorry, the, the, the Catalan in, in, the, in the lyrics. And, and well, I think we got to, to reach something as, a, as, a, as an own voice in terms of music and in terms of, uh, of language. Of course, musically talking, the new album uh, is a step ahead in terms of, uh, well, dealing with that kind of uh, way more tragic emotional music outside the standards of any style. At least is what uh, what we what we see and what we think. Uh, let's see if uh, the audience thinks the same. Okay. What's your writing process like? Are you guys all in the same town and writing together, or are you sending stuff back and forth? Um, well, we start working on on demos uh, by your own at home. Uh, let's say I'm focused on on the concept and the lyrical and the lyrical parcel of the band. Then later I'm adding uh, vocal lines to what the both guitars of the of the band uh, composed by by their own. It's like uh, different stages that we are complementing. Um, and first of all, well, they started working on let's say 18 songs at least um and well uh, over that demos uh we were proposing vocal lines and trying to to see which of these songs could be the most representative ones and the more uh workable in terms of uh concreting that language that we wanted with this new album uh the main the main goal was to to get very clear structures, uh, let's say more in the vein uh, as a pop band, you know, let's try to to focus on a, on the riff. Let's try to focus our efforts on the on the melody, and and then adding the different layers on vocals, on effects, uh, etc. Uh, perhaps it took us I don't know six months or seven. In, in fact, I think it was the the faster composing process we have ever lived. Uh, probably because we already control all the tools that we are using now from the right. previous album. Um, so I'd never heard of your band before. And okay. so this morning when, when we got set up, I decided to listen to Els Sepulcres Blancs. I don't know how to say that word. Els Sepulcres Blancs. El Sepulcres Blancs. Yeah. There you go. Okay. And that song <laughs> was so strange. And I mean that in the best possible way. Because it was like it was like this thrash beat going on in the background of like ambient music. You know? Yeah. It was yeah. so cool. I was just like, I feel intense yet also relaxed. Cool. Yeah, yeah. While I was listening to it. How did you guys kind of get to that sound? Is it just a natural thing that you did or were you consciously trying to pull that off? Uh, well, if you have digged a bit more into our past catalog, uh, the four, the four uh, first albums, or let's say the first three albums, 
we were exploring that kind of uh, second wave of uh, Norwegian black metal in a, let's say, avant-garde uh, style. Okay. Uh, at that time, the the rage, the the wild side of the band was uh, uh, so so visible. But at some point, uh, we thought that was not enough for reaching all the uh, the palette of uh, emotions and. Uh, different kind of music we, we, we listened and, of course, enjoyed. We are sons of uh, the late 80s, early 90s music. I mean, yes. of course. <laughs> and uh, at some point, uh, let's say that our influences could be could be born into the British doom uh, uh, era, uh, the black metal from mid-90s, uh, death metal, whatever you want, but also from the, the dark symphonies and ambient music that, um, uh, for example, labels like Cold Meat Industry could uh, deliver at that time. Everything has been developed and assumed for us and also uh, many other styles that we listen, as, as I mentioned, uh, pop, post-punk, pop, music, uh, whatever you want. We are, we are not, now not focused on other bands or languages or, or styles, but ourselves. ourselves. And at that time, in 2016, when we, are tr we were trying to develop our own language, we realized that the main, uh, the key points of our own style were the density, the, the ambient and atmosphere, the intensity, and the so emotional uh, speech. So, uh, well, we, we were picking up from everything, uh, from every, every parcel, uh, the, the best uh, tool possible. And well, now from 2017 with Les Real's Visions, uh, we feel comfortable and, 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 and confident on how we are dealing with this emotional and partially ambient and in intense music that we are trying to deliver. Uh, I thought it was just really, really cool. Yeah. Like, I wasn't really sure, like, you know, because we do, we record podcasts like, you know, three to five times a week. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm going to check this guy out because, or this band out and, you know, do a little research. And then I was, just, by, the, by the time I was like done the song, I hadn't done any research because I was just in another planet. <laughs> I was just like going on. I'm going into this interview blind because I just listened to the tune and I couldn't stop being, you know, it puts you in another kind of feeling, which is really cool. Great, great. I'm so glad to listen to it. Yeah. Do you find, do you find it difficult? getting that feeling or that intensity transferred into the live setting or is it pretty straightforward no the, probably the live set is way more intense in terms of uh connecting with people of course uh when you when someone uh, listens to the album uh the, the the experience is way more intimate than the than the live one and probably all that wildness that we still have in our music, also with the small touches, uh, on on life on life is way more evident. Uh, it's difficult. Well, we we, we still have not uh, jumped into a stage with this new album. That's true. And this new album is way more calmer than the previous ones. One so. Uh, we still need to check uh, within the next uh, and the first uh, gigs how our song uh, is translated into the into the stage. But mainly because, for example, if, if you uh, haven't realized that the album has no uh, distortion on guitars, yeah, and that's something that um, 
will be so different from everything we have done before. Uh, distortion allows you to sometimes to be more confident when you are playing uh, because of, mm, you know, uh, everything is easier. But uh, uh, now we need to control that uh, new tool and uh, try to to reach the, the way more ambient and atmospheric uh, level that we are trying to what we are we are we are showing nice right. let's see let's see that, I can't wait to hear that <laughs> that's gonna be pretty neat well our first, our first gig is in is in October here in Barcelona in a in a festival called Amfest uh, with uh, the heavens Ilanardo uh, Toshia More um, Pelican uh, I think it's the right environment for our music uh, nowadays, but will be so requiring in terms of uh, reaching our goal, you know? Yeah. <laughs> are you planning on d doing a tour or are you guys going to just do one-offs? Not yet. Uh, we are We are now closing um, uh, a run of dates in uh, within the Iberian Peninsula, Spain and Portugal. Uh, which will be, will be done probably in December. Uh, we are now working with uh, Doomstar Bookings uh, as, a, as our booking agency. And probably the jump into a way more extensive uh, European tour will be in 2020. And also uh, festivals, uh, etc. Uh, well, our, our wish will be someday to jump also uh, to the United States. Uh, but yeah. Let's focus ourselves on what we have closer, and first of all, our territory. Then, uh, well, we have a we have a date in, in United Kingdom in, in November in Brighton in, in another festival. But I think that 2020 will be the the jump into a uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, nice. this is this is going to be a strange question, and I know that <laughs> I know that. No, it, no, it's cool. Sorry, so, ahead of time. No, you're going. You're going. You said you're going to to the UK in November. Uh huh. What happens if Brexit happens? <laughs> well, I don't really know. Let, because let me you wouldn't you wouldn't be allowed to work there anymore. Our our booker told us first of all that if any any of us uh, didn't have the the passport, guys, uh, get it right now because yeah. we don't know how how will how will work. But again, about how permits <laughs> etc. will work, I have no fucking idea. <laughs> well, no, I was just thinking because. You know, I, I have I have some friends over in London, and they're like, "Man, we're going to lose freedom of movement, right? We're not going to be able to get around easily." You know, I can't. So, like, if you're booked for a festival, like, I don't know how the EU works, but do you need a work permit to go from country to country? Uh, nowadays, uh, no. Nowadays, we have yeah. freely entrance, freely entrance to the country. But uh, yeah, from from the Brexit moment, uh, you're gonna. I don't. I don't know what will happen. With I don't us. even think they know. And with the rest of the bands, perhaps, perhaps UK is gonna be a, a gap uh, or a hole in the universe for for everything uh, from now on, and which is, will be very strange because all the well, the the, the the media and the press, the historical press, come from there. Uh, yeah. In, from yeah. There. Strange. Sorry, yeah, so I'm not trying to get political or anything. I was just genuine, genuine, genuinely curious what. What's the backup plan for for people that have to go in and out of there, like they you always have? You are scaring me a lot, man. So <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> All right. Everything's gonna so be you... fine. Everything's gonna be fine. 
Okay, okay, let's let's <laughs> let's try to tease. Here's a more serious music related question. So you, your stuff is so atmospheric and so intense. Is there a message you want your fans to walk away with after listening to uh, one of your records? Yeah, well, um, it's not well. Our, our lyrics always dealt with uh, with humanism. Um, we have always been trying to, from my point of view, um, explain, let's say, personal experiences, etc. But uh, trying to, how to say, um, inspire people on overcoming uh, their own weaknesses. And uh, let's recover the the 2016 moment when we found that uh, key point in terms of concept and lyrical approach to the to the the new the the, the, the future albums. Mm-hmm. At, at that time, uh, we were also uh, worried or, or well, uh, interested in connecting that speech with our cultural background because we thought that uh, besides speaking in Catalan, uh, trying to explain a little bit more where we came from and what is uh, about our cultural background, uh, we found that a moment called Modernisme uh, in, in the late uh, 19th century uh, could be the the right uh, the right point we're starting to write from uh, that moment uh, where uh, de- described by a bunch of artists uh, that felt not belonging to a Sikh society that guys thought that through art everything could be uh, improved and changed and try to let's say to see the world with different eyes, uh, trying to find a new balance between humans and between nature. Everything should be poetized. And they, of course, try to work with, uh, with, within different th- disciplines, let's say uh, literature, uh, art crafts, architecture, you know, Gaudi mm-hmm. from, from here, etc. But in literature, uh, everything was way more poetic. Um, but at the same time, with a social background, Mm, I found like a great excuse uh, to use that moment and translate it into the, in the into the current days. We are all dealing uh, in all over the world with a lot of issues, troubles, and and problems uh, on, on sure. social on social level. Um, so let's say that our music could be again a tool for inspiring people on on thinking how to improve their own lives, uh, how to improve uh, and overcome their own weaknesses. And try to uh, get that balance and let's say new dialogue between humans. That's the main uh, speech behind the legal parcel. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Absolutely. I love that. I think that's a great way to end this. That's just perfect. That was unbelievable, dude. That was, you you said it. So if fans want to connect with you, um, you guys pretty active social media wise. Where can they find you? Yeah, sure. Well, uh, in fact, I'm I'm taking care of all social media, uh, social networks. Uh, we are also very responsive uh, to messages and to everyone. In fact, uh, again, if our music must be a tool for connecting with people and trying to inspire people, we need to be there because our music speaks of ourselves and how we deal with that. Uh, threads and and troubles that we are we are all surrounded by uh it's easy facebook uh writing to our 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 email address you know uh, uh instagram whatever you want i mean we are also 
always there and of course then later on the on the stage and life uh, moment we love to get in touch with people and and say doing doing new friends all around the world because uh, we need to be a collective a, a community uh, it's not just only being a metal head it's just being a people speaking to the world with uh, with the heart that's it we, we talk about that all the time here yeah. it's a great big metal community no matter where you're from catalan from from here in Virginia or in Japan or wherever you are, North Pole, it's still one big metal community, and I I'm so thankful for it and so grateful for it for sure. Me Absolutely, too. to me is a is a real sense of, of being in a, in a band. Uh, how to how it con uh, allows you to connect with people. Yeah, because I don't even need to know you. You and I could sit in the bar watching a band play and share a beer and be the best of friends. In by the time the set's over, that's how I met this guy. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> awesome. I appreciate you taking the time, man. I know we messed up last time. I'm sorry about that. No problem at all. Uh, I got my dates wrong. No problem at all. Uh, it's very welcome uh, to be here with you. I'm, 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 it's a privilege to me. Uh, thank you so much. Awesome. Good luck with the record. Good luck with the tour. And we'll hopefully we'll see you here in the States someday. Really hope so, guys. Thank awesome. you. Be Cheers, well, my brother. friend. Take Bye. care. Bye. Bye. Oh, what a nice guy. Yeah, I enjoyed it. And I really do enjoy that record. I mean, that the couple songs I've heard were really, I like that atmospheric thing sometimes instead of just a pounding. Oh, it was so different than, than yeah. what, like, I was expecting oh, a metal band from, from Spain. Originally, I thought it was Italy, but Spain. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was like, it's going to be, it's going to be brutal, you know, or it's going to be operatic or, or something along those lines, but. Yeah, good stuff. They proved my prejudice wrong. Bowie, Dylan, Marley. You've heard the names and maybe you've heard their songs, but what about the stories behind the records that make titans of music like these so universally loved and important? Join me, Josh Adam Myers, host of The 500, as each week I go through a different album from Rolling Stone Magazine's 500 Greatest Albums list from 2012 with an incredible lineup of comedians, actors, and musicians talking about how the music has impacted their lives. New episodes of The 500 come out every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.